If you would turn in your Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. This morning we will pick up at verse 15 to the end of the chapter. John chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, The boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now... Many antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out. So it would be shown that they all are not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. I I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. And because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father, and the one who confesses the Son has the Father also. As for you... Let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise which He Himself has made to us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you. But his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true, and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, 
you abide in Him. Now little children, abide in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from Him in shame at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of Him. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and to the hearing of His written Word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before You this morning, we give You thanks. We thank You first and foremost for the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. And we thank You for Your written Word, for it is the power unto salvation. Lord, today, hide me behind You, that Your Word may be proclaimed today in power. We also pray, Lord, for the hearts of those in the sanctuary this morning, that they may have ears to hear and hearts to believe. We give you thanks for your faithfulness. Have your way in this sanctuary, Lord. Have your way. We pray it in Jesus' name. And amen. Do not love the world. You know, that doesn't mean that you're not to love the creation that God created here. But don't love the spirit that is in this world that wants to pull you away from the Father. It's actively at work today in this world. There is an invisible spiritual system at work out here that's in total opposition to God. And it's the power that is at work in the world. And John is speaking to this because those who are in the church also are affected by it because it's part of the enemy's tactics. This morning, Patty talked about in the children's message about fishing and how the bait or lure is put out there in hopes that a fish could be hooked. The enemy is hard at work. Hanging that bait in front of you. The things of this world are inviting to our flesh. They want to pull us in. And John is speaking to some of that. So that the believers in the church don't get caught up in the things of the world. But that we stay focused on our relationship To the Heavenly Father who has called us through His Son. And has has continued to preserve us through His Holy Spirit. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. Again, I'm not saying we can't have an appreciation for, for God's creation. That is not what I'm saying. It is that invisible spiritual system that is at work trying to pull you away from the Father. That is what we need to be on guard against. We need to be aware of the tactics that are being used against us. 
For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because the love of God transforms us. We no longer are passionate about the things that the enemy is trying to pull us into. But now we become passionate about the things that God has given us through the relationship we have with Him because of the fact that Jesus paid our sin debt and put us in a position where we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. We no longer have to stand in fear before Him knowing that there is nothing good inside of us. But because of the atoning work of Jesus, He has clothed us in His righteousness. And we stand before Him justified. Just as if we had never sinned. But do not be taken by this world. He goes on to say in verse 16, now this is important for us to know. For all that is in the world, and then he identifies three things that are real enemies to you and I. First of all, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. You know, you and I find ourselves in mortal bodies. And our bodies are part of this fallen world. Jesus came to save us and to redeem us and to abide in us and to strengthen us to be able to live an overcomer's life. But the lust of the flesh is always at work out there. Now, when the Bible speaks of lust, it's talking of a strong desire, a strong, passionate desire to satisfy the sinful nature that is in us because we live in a fallen world. We didn't have to train ourselves that to be sinful. That was natural. We came to that naturally. The lust of the flesh, that we have a strong desire to satisfy the sinful nature that is already in us. He also points out the second thing is the lust of the eyes. Again, this strong desire, lust, a strong desire to satisfy. But the eyes... It is the portholes through which we receive things visually. And the enemy knows that that is one of the easiest ways to get at us, is to hang that bait right in front of us. And we visually see it and are taken by it. And this happened clear back in the garden. The enemy comes to Eve and he points out that the tree is desirable. And she looks at it and she says, it is desirable. 
And she chooses to sin because the enemy stirred up the desire because she saw it, received it through the portholes of her eyes. So the enemy wants to shake these things in front of you to catch your attention. Wiggle them right out there. And your eyes perceive it. And your flesh begins to desire it. The world is hard at work. And the enemy loves to use these things. And then the third thing that John the Apostle was bringing out here for us to to recognize is a major downfall is the boastful pride of life. The pride of life. Now we can braggingly say, well, the pride of life does not affect me. I've got a handle on it. That would be pride. (laughs) We find ourselves as people who tend to be arrogant over our circumstances. We really think we've accomplished something and we want to make sure everyone knows about it. And the way I did it was so much better than the way you did it, Fred. I just got to let you know right now. Now I have to make sure that I'm one up on you so good that when I get my foot on your throat, I can get a good, get a good footing there so I can really crush you. You ever met somebody that had to be one up on you on everything? And no matter what you told, they had one better than you. The pride of life. I can't be around those people too long. Boy, they wear me out. They wear me out. I can't keep up with them. All right, you're the winner. Just. Now, can we separate ways? (laughs) The pride of life produces a haughtiness in us. We get real haughty about things. We may start even parading our possessions in front of people because we're so haughty in our mind and in our spirit about it. I mean, did you see my new car? I polished it before I came into church because some dust got on it on the way out here. But I wanted to make sure you could see your reflection in it as you get in your dirty car. We want to impress people. We want to show off that we are a better Christian than they are. Or that God has blessed us with gifts that He didn't bless you with. Oh, and by the way, I know how to use them better than you do too. The pride of life. Oh, it never comes into church, does it? Never even walks through that door back there. But the Apostle John is reminding us to be careful that these things don't control our lives. They sneak up on us. 
because they're part of our natural being. But Jesus has come to set us free from that. He tells us right here, he says, The world is passing away and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of the Father lives forever. This world is passing away. And all of those things you want to brag about, those things that you thought you had to have, that you lusted over, that you longed to possess and brag about, they're all passing away. None of those things have any eternal significance whatsoever to them. But the one who does the will of the Father, that is the one who lives eternally. We have to make choices here in this life. Who are we going to serve? Are we going to serve the God of this world who hangs all those things in front of us so He can hook us and reel us in? Or are we going to live for the one who gave his life for us? Who was not trying in any way to hook us into things, but to love us into a relationship with his heavenly Father. By paying our sin debt so that you and I would be discharged from that debt that we could not pay, but a penalty we will have to pay if we don't accept his gift. John goes on to say children, in other words, young believers, those of you who are new in the faith, who who don't have a lot of maturity yet, but you believe and trust in the atoning work of Jesus to cover your sin, children, it is the last hour. And just as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many have appeared. And from this... The fact that many have appeared, from this we know that it is the last hour. Antichrist. Those who oppose Christ. And many have appeared. The reality is this. They come from among us. The Antichrist come from among us. John goes on to reveal that. He says, They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out, so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. In other words, they were church people. They were people who professed to be believers. People who are following God. So they say. But they are being controlled by other things. The lust of the world, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life are controlling them. And they are becoming deceived. And they start speaking a gospel that is other than that which was taught by Jesus and the apostles. 
They want to hook and bait you and pull you in to deception as to acquire a following after themselves. Whatever you do, don't follow me. But follow the one I speak of, the Lord Jesus. Because I'm a man and I'm subject to fall. But he is faithful and true. He goes on to say, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. For those of you who are born again, God has sealed you with His Holy Spirit. And those of you who are allowing the Holy Spirit to affect your life and growing in your relationship with the third person of the Trinity, He is the one who bears witness to truth. He is the one who stands up inside you and shouts amen when the preacher or teacher speaks forth something that is truthful. If you have a relationship with the Father through the Son, He gives you the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit testifies to truth in Jesus. That is His job. Don't believe anything just because Jamie White tells you. Believe it because the Holy Spirit is jumping up and down inside you and saying, Amen. Amen. Teachers teach all kinds of things. Some of them true and some of them false. But the Holy Spirit, that is His job. He, one of His titles is Spirit of Truth. And He is to reveal truth to you. And when truth is being spoken, He makes it known to you. You may not understand it completely, and believe me, most of the time when truth is first introduced into my life, I may not have a firm grasp on it in the beginning. But I know one thing. Whatever that man was teaching me in that moment, I need to investigate it. I need to come to understand it. And I need to apply it to my life because it's got my name written all over it. The Holy Spirit bears witness. You have an anointing. God has anointed you with His Holy Spirit. It's an indwelling anointing. It's not something that washes off when you get in the rain. It's there for you. But too many believers, too many Christians are part of churches where the Holy Spirit is... Why, being the third person of the Trinity, he is the unknown person of the Trinity. I hear talk about him, but I don't have a relationship with him. He is an it. No, he's not an it. He is God. Some people want to relegate him to just being the power of God. He is so much more than just the power. The scripture tells us that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. How can you grieve just power? That means he has a person to him. If he can be grieved. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you all know. In other words, we all know what truth is.